0: We are not just here for a bill signing. Today we are here for an historic action that will change the course of life for 200,000 hard-working New Yorkers. Now you think- On
1: August 31st, 2010, New York Governor David Patterson signed the nation's first law specifically protecting domestic workers, the people who cook, clean, and care for other people's children, disabled people, and the elderly. After six years of active campaigning, domestic workers in New York can now claim overtime pay, one day off per week, three paid days off per year, and safeguards against harassment and discrimination. New York's law brought added momentum to the movement. Domestic workers are now organizing in other states and localities to pass similar legislation. But their struggle isn't new. In fact, domestic workers have been fighting for more than 100 years to win respect, protections in the workplace, and wage increases. Jill Shanker is the field director for the National Domestic Workers Alliance.
0: The first thing that we know about in terms of U.S. history of domestic worker organizing was a washerwoman strike that took place in the late 1800s in Atlanta, Georgia. African-American women who worked as washerwomen formed an organization which they called the Washing Society. Uh, and they organized a citywide strike that 3,000 uh, domestic workers participated in.
1: That's Premela Addison, history professor at Queens College at the City University of New York. Organizers went door to door in Atlanta, recruiting other laundresses to join the ranks of the society. Members of the new organization met almost every night. Many of the strikers were arrested for disorderly conduct, but the movement brought widespread support and participation from the black community. The white establishment recognized the seriousness of the strike, as most of Atlanta relied on African-American manual labor for its laundry needs. While city officials tried to levy taxes and import steam laundries to break the strike.
0: Those women eventually prevailed in raising the rates uh, for their labor.
1: Despite small victories like this, the constantly changing workforce made it difficult to organize as employers hired and fired at will and workers moved from one household to another. During the Great Depression in the 1930s, African-American women continued to work as cooks, maids, and laundresses for white families in the South. Dorothy Bolden labored for 30 years before founding the National Domestic Workers Union of America in Atlanta. In an oral history interview with the Georgia State University staff in 1995, Bolden recalls the kind of work she and her family did for local white families.
2: My mother took laundry. My daddy was a chauffeur, mm-hmm. and you know, yard man. And he asked and he did a lot of everything, mm-hmm. cooking and everything. Yeah. So my mother went into cooking too with him. And the Jews stayed over there in, in here so you could do the laundry. Mm-hmm. they liked like you to do the laundry for them. And not too much of a housework with laundry. You had more laundry than you had anything yet. So Everybody in the house had hey, somebody they was working for you know, and we cheering to go get the laundry <laughs> and the <laughs> wagon, and we carried back in the wagon. Probably make a dollar and a half, a dollar, calling
1: mm-hmm. how much laundry and linen they had. With high poverty and unemployment rates, the 1930s were an active time for the labor movement, and domestic workers organized across the country. Again, Pramila Addison.
0: One good example of that is a woman named Dora Jones, who was a domestic worker in Harlem. And she formed a group called the Domestic Workers Union in 1934, which uh, eventually had about a 1,000 members. uh, And the Domestic Workers Union became uh, Local 149 of the Building Service Employees International Union.
1: While the Great Depression brought immense hardships for most workers, the labor movement also won some important and lasting victories. A number of new laws were passed, which provided workers with a safety net for the first time. Among these were the Social Security Act, which provides retirement benefits, the National Labor Relations Act, which sets the minimum wage, and the Fair Labor Standards Act, which gives workers a legal right to organize and bargain collectively.
0: Unfortunately, domestic workers as well as agricultural workers were largely excluded from these labor laws. The primary reason had to do with the fact that these were uh, overwhelmingly African-American workers and Southern congressmen were opposed to including African-Americans as as a part of the labor law.
1: During the Depression, two-thirds of African-Americans and so-called other-race workers were excluded from Social Security, whereas only 26 percent of white workers were excluded. Dorothy Bolden believed African-Americans were purposely left out from these benefits.
2: Welfare now was created for white. Mm -hmm. It wasn't created for us. Mm -hmm. I know that definitely.
1: But the Social Security Administration denies the omission was based on race. In a report published in 2010, the administration asserts the idea to exclude these workers came not from racist Southern lawmakers, but from the Roosevelt administration's desire to make the program easier to administer. These administrative exclusions continue to this day. Rosa Parks, who was also a domestic worker, helped spark the civil rights movement when she refused to give up her bus seat in 1955. Dorothy Bolden describes the conditions she and her colleagues endured during this time.
2: It's been some hard days with us, women's riding the buses, trying to get to the houses to clean them up. If you bring a pain home sometime, you knock the pain out of your hand with food in it. And yeah. You stay there until 8 o'clock or 8.30 and then you be be quarter to 10 when you get home. So you, yeah. they tell you to take the food home with left and feed it to your chair so you wouldn't have to cook. But sometimes you didn't have to you didn't have any to take, because we media knocked it out of your hands.
1: The civil rights movement helped embolden women to rekindle the fight for domestic workers' rights in the 1960s and 70s. Bolden started an organization called the National Domestic Workers Union of America, Other women also formed new organizations in cities across the country, including the Household Workers Organization and Household Technicians of America, which eventually amassed 25,000 members nationally. Pramila Nadasen says organizations like Dorothy Bolden's helped raise wages and working conditions.
0: They also sought job training and professionalization, And perhaps their most important victory was the passage of amendments to the Fair Labor Standards Act in 1974, which for the first time brought domestic workers minimum wage protection.
1: Since the 1970s, the number of African-American women in domestic work has declined as barriers to employment in other sectors were removed by the civil rights movement. Immigrant women now make up more than 70% of the domestic labor force, according to the U.S. Census. As domestic workers continue to mobilize and gain legal rights, they have had to come up with new ways to accomplish their goals outside the traditional labor movement. Again, Premela Addison.
0: These are women workers who have been attempting to organize primarily on the community level. They have been organizing as part of a collective mass protest strategy, as a way to provide collective support to one another, partly because they have not had the legal right to form unions and to organize uh, and bargain collectively.